All right, welcome to another edition of the Edlow Podcast. It's just me. This is number 10. Number 10 of the Just Me podcast that I end the month with. And so, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed these quite a bit. It's nice. It's nice to not have to coordinate with a guest every once in a while and just be able to share my thoughts on various things. We've got a lot of questions. You know, this this month, I did not get any, like, big email questions where someone had, like, this big glaring issue going on. So this will be hopefully a little quicker uh, episode. Just a bunch of little questions here and there. Some of them I might expound on a little bit, but nothing, like I said, this year, this month, I did not get anybody who was having a big crisis issue, which I think is actually pretty good. That means maybe, maybe everybody's doing good right now. So that's, that's good. I'm glad. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm also happy when people, when they do send those messages and then they reach out afterwards and give me updates and, there was one I had talked about, um, I can't remember if it was last month or the month before, or whatever, about a couple that was having some issues in Utah, and it sounds like things are going much better. So I'm very glad I, I don't I don't necessarily, that doesn't mean that what I said on the podcast had anything to do with it, just uh, there wasn't anything like that, but it did, it did sound like things are going better for them, and I'm really happy about that. So uh, hopefully they continue to, to work through their issues. So that's that's good. So, um, yeah, a lot of anonymous questions, some uh, that were not anonymous, and uh, but I keep everybody anonymous. So if you are listening to this and you're new to the podcast, uh, every month I do a Just Me podcast where I just answer questions. There's some app that I found through Instagram that you can submit a, a anonymous questions um, to the person. So if you submit one through there, uh, I post it on my story, uh, you know, when I'm about to record this. You can, you can send me just an anonymous message. I have no idea who they're from. And then sometimes I have people who just send me a direct message or they comment on something or whatever. And uh, I, I purposely keep them anonymous as well, uh, unless there's some glaring reason to bring them up. Um, that would be uh, pretty much pretty much it, uh, you know, as far as getting a hold of me. And it's just fun. Sometimes people just send funny comments. Sometimes people have real issues that they they hit me up with and i greatly appreciate when they do um not that i always have the best advice but i do really put a lot of thought into the response when i give it so um you know i'm nobody special per se but i do have some life experience and i'm and i'm happy to respond the other thing is that i've really just want to comment randomly because here's the thing i know that some of my oldest son's uh, friends follow me and some of them listen to this podcast and do those things. And I've had an opportunity recently to um, spend a lot of time over at John Adams, just because it's Austin senior year and I'm trying to be as involved as possible. He was on the basketball team. and went to all the games, almost all of the games. And, um, and also, you know, I just refed the staff school basketball game, uh, staff student basketball game over there, which was a lot of fun. And, I gotta say, uh, I have I, I am so impressed. You know, you, the, the kids these days. A lot of people give a lot of get a lot of slack, or or they they give a lot of they give a lot of crap to the younger generation. I gotta tell you, uh, I don't know if it's John Adams specifically. I have my own personal issues with John Adams and the way that they work, but I gotta tell you, uh, 
getting to know some of these kids, uh, some of my son's friends, even the ones that he, you know, I know Austin has a couple of friends that he's like, I don't know if I necessarily want them around <laughs> you. Uh, I don't want them to, I don't want you to get, you know, I don't, I purposely don't bring some of my other friends around. And he's since he's brought some over that are a little, are a little different, but I got to tell you, like, I have so much faith in the next generation, just knowing these guys and girls, um, they're all just, I have yet to meet one that I've looked at and been like, this one's going to be a problem. And so uh, super impressed with everybody that's come around. Um, and even some of my younger kids, friends, they come around too, you know, um, and they're all, I don't know if my kids are just very good judges of character or whether the kids are just good kids, but either way, like couldn't be prouder of all the, all the guys and girls who, uh, who are over there and who are doing big things. So shout out to the next generation as not being as bad as everybody wants you to think. Okay. So some quick questions. Here we go. Still hitting the gym. Yes, I am. Every, uh, uh, six days a week, uh, hit it every day with rare, rare exceptions. Sometimes just because of time, I'm not getting the full workout that I would prefer. I spend a lot of time in the gym, do a lot of cardio, do a lot of lifting. Um, uh, so, uh, but, um, yeah, I'm still going. I just, I haven't been as up on, you know, posting the gym jam on my story. Just, I don't know, just kind of distracted a little bit work has gotten busy and life has gotten busy. And so it's been, uh, but yes, yeah, still going six days a week, hitting everybody part two days a week. So uh, if you ever have any questions about that, you know, hit me up. Uh, love. I love talking to people who are just starting because I've been there and I know how hard it is to get going, but once you get going, especially in the morning, if you're a morning gym person, it hits different. Uh, I was just talking to one of my best friends about this. Actually, he's, he's, trying to get, you know, having a little bit, few health, health problems. And so because of that, he's getting into the gym more. And we were talking about going early as opposed to going in the evening. And I've done both. And I just don't get the same high I do as going in the morning. It just sets my day right. So I encourage morning, uh, morning uh, gym attendance. All right. The Kings suck. I don't think they suck. Here's the issue. I do think they're inconsistent, clearly. Very frustrating that they can go and go into L.A. and torch the Clippers and then come back to a depleted Miami Heat team without Jimmy Butler, without Tyler Hero, without Terry Rozier, who are three key players for the Heat, and get and get beat. Uh, it just seems to be something. And this isn't just like a one-year thing, right? This has been going on for years and years and years where they just play to the level of the team they're playing. Um, maybe that's good for the playoffs because if they make the playoffs, they're going to play a team that's good. And so they got to play to their level. And, and I got to say, I mean, one thing that was both frustrating and promising, I, we, you know, I took my son Lincoln to the heat game. And the thing that was so promising is, man, they switched to a zone in, in the fourth quarter for like, I don't know, six minutes. And like, shut down the heat. I mean, shut them down on that zone. I was like, why are we not playing zone all the time? I know that's not normal in the NBA, but man, like it was, it was hard, hard defense. 
And it was, uh, the problem was, is they were down by 20 points. And so they come back within like two or four, but it just wasn't enough and they lose. And that's incredibly frustrating this, to see it's, it's frustrating to see them show sparks of greatness on the defensive end. And then still like somehow end up at 20 points down. I personally, I blame, um, I put a lot of blame on this on um, Kevin Herter, who has not had as good. I mean, you know, he's never been good at defense. I, I was telling Austin, uh, you know, my son, when we go to the games, I go, watch, you can see it. He can't, he's just, whatever reason, he's not strong enough or fast enough, but he can't get past those backdoor screens. He either, he either calls the switch late or he just doesn't fight through it. I don't, it doesn't fight through it right. But for whatever reason, the perimeter is just shot. And I put most of that on him and maybe even Harrison Barnes, who's just lost a step. Now it's different when Kevin Herter is hitting three pointers at an almost 40% clip, right? Like he's making up for it on the offensive end, but that has not been what's going on this year. He's been terrible. So, uh, I had, a um, um, uh, you know, I have Matt George on and he, we talked about that on, on the podcast about how uh, maybe some of that is, is a problem for, um, you know, management just kind of putting too much emphasis on the defensive end, which kind of stifled Harrison Burns and Kevin Herter on the offensive end. Maybe, but I don't think that's really it. I think for just some reason, this team um, is maybe cracking under the pressure of expectations. Last year, it was just, Whatever happened, as long as they made the playoffs, everyone would consider if they made the play-in, everyone would have been like, that was a huge success, a big jump, right? Because we've been at the bottom of the heap for 16 years. But then we get to third, and now they're they're the ones talking about how they want to be contenders, and then they kind of, you know, they really haven't made a jump. And, and the, the, the other problem is, just so everybody's aware, if you're a basketball fan, the West is white hot. I mean, like, the, the West is really hard. The Clippers are, in my mind, the team to beat. I mean, the Clippers got better. Uh, the Lakers got better. OKC and the Timberwolves are, they're one and two, like killing everybody. Denver is still incredibly tough. You know, Phoenix should be, I mean, they're, they're kind of coming up a little bit, you know, but like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul, if he ever gets healthy, uh, or not, I'm sorry, not Chris Paul, uh, Brandon Beal, if he ever gets healthy, like that's a tough team to beat. The Warriors have Chris Paul. Like all of these teams got stronger. The the Kings actually their record is I think almost identical to where it was at the same time and now they're in the play in whereas last year they were third. That should tell you something, right? And the roster is essentially the same. I think they're a little less consistent this year than they were last year. I think that's partially because teams know the Kings are not a, a pushover team anymore, so they're actually paying them hard. And they also have a sense of what all, what they're going to play because Mike Brown, it's his second year. They're running the same plays, essentially. But still, you know, so we'll see. I mean, I think really if you expected the Kings to be legit contenders this year, I think you were fooling yourself. Last year was a bit of an anomaly, a step in the right direction, but an anomaly as far as where they were going. You know, they were not they were not the third best team in the West. Uh, they had their third best record, but the Warriors stomped them out. And, you know, that's expected, even though they were the sixth seed. I think that this year is a big growth year. I think next year you're going to see a huge jump from Keegan Murray. and They're going to be a really tough team to beat, especially if they are able to fill a couple of the gaps, particularly at the two and the three. Um, man, like they're going to be, they're going to be 
next year's the year to watch the Kings, in my opinion. Uh, I think they make the playoffs this year. I don't even think they make the plan. I think they actually make the hard to the playoffs. And then uh, when they do, I think you're looking at another first-round exit. Um, if they get the Nuggets, they match up really well. So if they're sixth and the Nuggets are third or fourth and fifth like that, I, I think the Kings might actually get into the semifinals, but they're not going farther than that, in my opinion. So, all right. How is it having three teenagers? Well, I actually really like it, but there are times that it's frustrating. Uh, I do love having an extra driver in the in the house. That's nice. Uh, helping out with uh, carting kids around. And then also, uh, especially like when he was going to basketball, like there wasn't as much of a need for rides, which was super helpful. I like that he has a little more independence uh, and I try to give that to him. And then just, you know, I, I couldn't really complain too much about the girls. I like that all my kids are busy. It makes my life harder, but it's busy. And I appreciate that. Uh, and they're all getting into things that they're passionate about and having a good time. I don't think you could ask for anything more. I think that they're just, uh, you know, there are times between the two girls that they are, uh, there's a lot of estrogen going on in the house. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, us boys are just kind of like, well, that was a thing. Um, uh, you know, I remember last summer there was a week where they were gone and uh, they were, they were off uh, camping um, doing like a girls camp thing. And uh, while they were gone, it was just me and the boys. And my mom came over for something. She comes in and she just goes, have you missed your sisters? And they both were like, not really. <laughs> They're like, it's so much quieter and so much less dramatic. And that is true. But uh, at times, but they're fun. They're all having a great time. And uh, they actually have all, you know, it's funny. Uh, I feel like, especially recently, for some reason, the kids have kind of mellowed out. Like they're just, you know, they're, they're kind of a team, like the two girls, especially now that they're, they're in another play and both of the girls are in it together. So I think that helps them bond a little bit. So yeah, it's been great. I, I actually don't have many complaints. I wish they were a little cleaner, uh, but other than that, I think they're, they're doing good. What do you think about WrestleMania's main event? Are you excited? Um, if we're talking about the main event, main event, which will likely be Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be cool to quote unquote everybody. I'm kind of sick of hearing finish the story. But uh, I think that's what needs to happen. I think the timing is right. Um, but there is a part of me that is a little upset that uh, we're not seeing The Rock wrestle Roman Reigns. At least that's not that's what it doesn't look like that. Um, but I am super curious to see what they do with The Rock. They seem to be setting something up for him. Um, but I got to tell you, uh, this is this will be – we're actually – I'm taking the boys to WrestleMania this year in Philadelphia, so we're pretty excited about that. I'm going to try to link up with a few of these guys and gals that I've had on the, uh, on the podcast. But uh, – uh, I'm yeah, I'm super. It's going to be a lot of fun. Out of this will be my fourth WrestleMania. I think this will be Austin's third WrestleMania. And I think last year was amazing, and I think I expect this year to be amazing too. Um, you know, they've really done a good job with the Roman Reigns. 
uh, storyline. And so with that, I think that uh, when he finally does get beat, if it does happen here at WrestleMania, which every indication is it will, then, uh, yeah, I mean, that'll be a cool moment. And I'm also uh, really interested to see what they do with Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre. That'll be fun, too. There's a lot of stuff that they're really doing a lot of good stuff with, like Gunther. I really like what they're doing with him. I'm glad that they're not switching belts every other week. Like, it matters when somebody wins. It brings value to the titles, which brings value to the wrestler. So, yeah, I think, you know, this is probably the best as far as, like, stories go. I am more interested now in watching wrestling week to week than I've been in a really, really, really long time. So, kudos to... Triple H um, for that. But but anyway, back to the question. There's just a part of me that I just kind of wish I was, you know, there, The Rock is the greatest, one of the greatest, and he's in his 50s now. We don't get a lot of chances to see him wrestle, and the dream match between him and Roman Reigns is the one that has been talked about for years. So I really kind of want to see that. As much as I want to see a finish the story with Cody Rhodes, there's a part of me that's kind of bummed that we're not seeing that. So okay i know of people that have a crush on you okay i don't i don't know what to do with that um uh you think looks matter more than personality Hmm. no i don't not at all not in my experience no uh I think looks do matter. I think you do need to be physically attracted to the person that you're with, but also understand that that will only get you so far if your personalities don't match or your communication styles don't match. That's for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, you can have all the looks in the world, but if you're just a bad egg or you're somebody who's manipulative or you're somebody who's narcissistic or you're somebody who has... uh, you know, who, who can't work through issues. Uh, and, I, and I mean that in a way of everybody's got a communication style and it's all different. It's all, you know, one way or the other. And, and if they don't match well, or you're not at least willing to um, acknowledge your shortcomings, or you're not willing to apologize, or you're not willing to adjust the way you communicate for the betterment of your partner. Uh, and that goes both ways, right? Like, if you've got one person who communicates one way and one person who communicates the other way, you can't expect one person to do all of the moving. But at the same time, if, if neither person is willing to move or one person isn't willing to move, then you got problems, right? Um, so I think personality is hugely more important. Now, um, but, but, I, but that's not to say that looks aren't important. You know, you do have to be attracted to the person, at least in my opinion. Um, and an attraction can come over time. I've had multiple friends of mine, uh, and I don't understand this, but I've had multiple friends of mine who have told me, uh, you know, that they have, uh, that they were not attracted to the person that, that was their significant other, um, at the, at the outset, but then grew to be attracted to them, uh, based on their personality. So, you know, I think that your personality is the most important thing. Um, and so hopefully, you know, that answers your question, I guess. Um, let's see. What's next? Okay. 
Hey, you should reply to me, LOL. Okay, let me just uh, let me just tell you something. Currently, right now, just so you know, I don't know who you are. Um, I have 165 unread text messages. 165. Okay. So now I want you to understand that I'm actually, in my view, I'm actually a pretty communicative person and I try to respond to everybody, but I get so many text messages and emails and phone calls every single day that uh, it's almost impossible for me to respond to everybody. So uh, if it takes you a few times to get a hold of me, understand that is not a personal slight. It's just hard for me with everything I got going on to respond to everything. When I have clients and I talk to them in the first meeting, one of the first things I tell them is I say, okay, so here's how it works. You know, you can call me, you can text me, you can email me, you can do all those things. Sometimes based on what's going on, whether at work or personal or personal life, uh, I'm not going to be super responsive. If that is case. It doesn't mean I don't want to talk to you. It just means that I'm in a place where I can't respond right away. So you can contact my secretary and set up an appointment. The next available appointment, we'll talk then, right? That doesn't mean whoever's listening to this should call my secretary and set up an appointment to talk to me. That's for clients only. But my point is, is that sometimes uh, it's not a matter of me caring, not caring to respond to you. It's just understand that it it sometimes people get lost in the shuffle. Uh, I love all of my friends, but this is a complaint that all of them tend to have. <laughs> clients come first, ki you know, kids, clients, uh, you know, they come first, and and I try to respond to everybody as much as I can. Okay, what job would you do if you weren't paid? Oh. I don't know. I want to get paid for everything. Um, uh, I, I think this, I do enjoy podcasting. I do enjoy learning people's stories. Um, I do enjoy having connections with people. Um, so that this is something I always thought, you know, in, in retirement, if I had had enough, if I have enough money in retirement, one thing that I thought would always be super cool would be to open an old time uh, video rental store, like an old time blockbuster, but not even like a blockbuster, because I remember the days before blockbuster, when it was just like old timey, one mom and pop shop rental stores. Those were my favorite. Like the people that were there every single day and you go in and they see, they just love movies and you just talk movies and they make recommendations. I saw so many crazy movies because of just like these nerds at the 99 cent video clearance center that just like, turned me on to trauma team movies and like killer clowns from outer space and Monty Python and the Holy grail and like evil dead. And just like, you know, uh, uh, Mel Brooks, like, like deep cuts of like Mel Brooks and Cheech and Chong, like the Corsican brothers. It, those movies are classics, classics. So yeah, just love it. You know, so I, I would love to do that if I had enough money. I, was, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't even care if I make money doing that. I would I would just do it because it would just be so fun. So, okay. Um, what would you say are some of your strengths 
and weaknesses. Um, I think my strengths is, are generally, um, I do think I, I genuinely care about people. Uh, I feel like I'm uh, not afraid of public speaking and I'm pretty good at it. I think I'm, a, uh, I'm an incredible salesman, which uh, I think if you can, if you're a guy, if you're a salesperson, you can uh, pretty much do anything in life. I think that that sales comes from just naturally being outgoing, but then also quite frankly, like going out on a mission for two years really makes you not afraid of speaking in public and makes you very articulate because you have to have discussions about religion, which are very, very hard. Uh, I'm not afraid of rejection. That's a strength. That definitely came from the mission because you get, you get, rejected every single day and it's almost a badge of honor so those are some of my strengths um i also uh i'm very disciplined in a lot of places um and uh, i'm not afraid of failure so uh um so those are all strengths i think my weaknesses i have a hard time with boundaries that's a big, that's a big weakness. Oh, one of my other strengths is, is I love my kids more than anything in the entire world. I consider that a strength because the more I hear people's experiences, the more I don't know if that's always the case. So uh, I can't imagine why somebody would not want to spend time with their kids. But, you know, I guess... Uh, you resemble that remark uh yeah i'm talking about you anyway um okay so uh weaknesses um uh, other weaknesses the boundaries thing is one um yeah i mean other weaknesses i think sometimes i might care too much about what other people think and it's really weird because it's not about like look, I don't care if people like pro wrestling. Some of you people might've turned this off because I was talking about WrestleMania, right? I could care less if you're a Kings fan or not. I could care less if you like Metallica. I could care less if you're tired of me talking about those things, right? Rocky, I love it. You tell me you don't like Rocky. I, I don't care. It's amazing to me. The Karate Kid, I'll talk Cobra Kai all day. I don't care if you think I'm a nerd. I don't think if you care, or I don't, I don't care if you think that... Uh, what I like is dumb. Uh, I like it, but there are other things that it does that really affect me. Like I do sometimes worry too much about how other people are going to perceive me. Um, uh, yeah. And I've worked on that. Um, worked on that quite a bit. I think the other thing, uh, as well is I think a big weakness I have when it comes to particularly like parenting and management and things like that, is there's one way that has always worked for me. Uh, yeah, everybody who ever was like a parental figure, a coach, a mentor, they always went like so hard in the paint when it came to discipline. Like I think every white basketball coach I ever had was pretty hard, you know, like screaming at you, yelling at you, you know, telling you you're no good. Like, you know, uh, in, in pro wrestling, I remember there's so many people that would call you the quote unquote drizzling shits, right? Like 
and, and it really wasn't that bad, but that was just kind of the thing. And, and me, I've always been the person to take that as like, okay, well, I guess I got to be better. Right. Like uh, almost like a challenge. Like I take that when somebody says, you can't do this, you're not good enough. Uh, I take that as a challenge, as a motivation to get me to do better or more. Right. So there's that. Um, but the weakness is, is I think that I have a hard time understanding that not necessarily everybody responds to that the same way. So using my kids as an example, like Austin, uh, I think he would tell you that I go hard, hard on him. Uh, and I think there's a connection there, quite frankly. I feel a strong connection to Austin because I was the first. And so he's the first. And so I think I unfairly probably expect more of him than um, than some of the other kids and treat him differently than some of the other kids. And that's, look, I think every any parent who doesn't think that they treat everybody differently based on whatever happens or whatever is just full of it. We're imperfect, right? Uh, no, you're not going to treat everybody exactly the same. And so, uh, so anyway, he has responded at least recently, especially to that, right? That thinking that thing still, but he's still more sensitive than I was uh, when it comes to it, but he's responded well. Um, some of my other kids, I don't think respond as well. And it results in them choosing to do things that, uh, you know, I would prefer that they don't as far as how they approach a situation. And so, uh, nothing huge. They're, they're not, no, none of my kids, all of my kids are incredibly good kids. Uh, these are little nuances, but I just know like, one of my kids in particular is so sensitive that like if I went at her, you know, 5% as hard as I go at Austin, uh, she couldn't take it. You know, she just couldn't handle it. It's just too much for her. So I got to dial it down. You know, I have to approach it a different way. And that's hard for me because it just, it doesn't make sense to me, you know? And uh, so I think that's a, a weakness that I, I have worked very hard on trying to, um, trying to, to fix. Uh, another weakness of mine is I freaking love sugar. Like I, I, I am such a sweet tooth guy. Uh, I guy can't stop. Like I just, and it's not even like, <laughs> like I eat all Reese's, you know what I mean? It's like, I got a bag, I got, you know, I can't eat like a couple of Oreos. I mean, it's like a whole sleeve of double stuffed Oreos. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, it's bad, right? Like, um, yeah. And my oldest daughter, she knows it. So she keeps baking and, Oh, I thought you were on a diet, you know, just that kind of thing. So, so yeah, that's a weakness of mine is that, uh, I have a hard time, uh, saying no to sweets for sure. And pizza and tacos and food in general. Okay. Um, let's see. What is the best meal you've ever had? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Oh, the best meal I've ever had. I don't know, like the. I don't know if I have a singular best meal I ever had. And someone might send me a message and be like, "Remember this meal? You said that was the best. Oh, you should have mentioned that on your podcast." I'm not thinking of one. 
Like I'm thinking about just quality of food. Um, uh, I don't know, man, that's hard. You know what? This is the thing though. I food for me is a social, like a social thing a lot of the time. So like there are some meals that I look at and I'm like, I'll remember that meal for a long time. I had a meal at Ruth Chris Steakhouse with my friends Chris Johnson and Brian Rotter, who've been my what I would say are my best friends since middle school. We went to we planned a trip to indiana my stomping grounds for my mission they randomly were both living there at the same time so i flew out there and we all went to a notre dame football game and went to ruth, ruth chris afterwards it was the first time we'd all been together for probably a decade and it was just so cool to be there and i also loved it because chris anybody who knows chris johnson knows he's a bit of a priss you know what i mean like he's very he only wears polo. He's really into really nice stuff, like all this stuff. And he was so appalled that I asked for a one sauce at Ruth Chris. And I loved, I did it on purpose just to piss him off and it worked and it was great. So that was a fun meal. Just being able to reminisce with those guys. Um, I've had meals with, you know, uh, I've had meals with, with people that have meant a lot to me like that. Um, but I think I would say my favorite, my favorite generally, like what I like to do is uh, um, uh, I like being able to be, you know, go to uh, a meal with like just my favorite person and just sit with them or like, you know, one of my kids or whatever or two or even all of them and just sit down like at a Texas roadhouse where you know, I love Texas Roadhouse. People know that's kind of my gig. So something like that. But but as far as like a, a meal, like one meal where I'm like, oh, that was the best. Uh, I can't really think of one. Oh, here's another thing. Pet, pet meal from childhood. For whatever reason, I just love having like dry salami, cheddar cheese, and wheat thins. and making little sandwiches out of that. And just I could eat that all day. I don't know. Anyway. All right. So hopefully that answers that question. Um, all right. Did you really buy Rocky shoes? Yes, I did. I did. I bought Nikes that are painted all up with Rocky. They're not here yet, but I'm very excited about it. And I'd appreciate you not judging me about that. Okay. So there you go. All right. Uh, please let's hang out soon. Okay. I don't know who you are. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have, um, limited, limited time, but I do like, sharing my time with people I care about. So if you're somebody I care about, I would, uh, I would love to do that. So, okay. Um, let's see. We'll skip off of this and go to a couple other places where people asked questions. Um, all right. If train A leaves the station going 50 miles an hour and train B leaves the station one hour later going 70 miles an hour, how many miles will it take for train B to catch up with train A? I like snow cones. Uh, I went to law school, so I didn't have to do math. So there you go. All right. Um, 
Oh, here's a good one. Um, what is a match you wish you could have booked? Okay, so what does that mean for people who aren't wrestling fans? What that means is, is um, I ran a wrestling promotion uh, from about 2008, 2009 to 2013-ish. Um, and I did a lot of really cool things. I worked with Impact Wrestling. I worked with New Japan. I worked with Lucha Libre USA. I worked with various independent guys around here. Uh, got to do, uh, got to be backstage at Royal Rumble. Um, got to do a lot of really cool stuff with a lot of really cool people. Um, so when they ask, "Was there a match you wish you could have booked?" What they mean is, is is there a match that you wish you could have had on one of your shows that you never got to do? And, I, and I'd say there were a few of them that I really wanted to wanted to get um we did the new japan show uh up in gridley with uh, shinsuke nakamura was there kushida was there bad luck Fale was there um uh who else did we have there uh, alex shelley was there um and uh, we had a bunch of a bunch of good workers there and i always wanted to do a return match between dave dutra and kushida because i thought it would have been a lot of fun for the for the strap uh, I always, I also thought it would have been cool to get through that show, the team, the time splitters between Alex Shelley and, and uh, Alex Shelley and um, Kushida came out of that show. I wish I could have booked the, the time splitters against the scum um, or even against the commandos. I think that would have been fun or now the stoner brothers, but they were the commandos at the time. Uh, so that would have been cool. Um Trying to think if there were like matches I wish I could have. I could have. Quite frankly, as much as I love Dave Dutra as a champion, I wish I could have had enough shows to, uh, like, if I could have gone like another year or two and given someone the rub of actually beating Dave for the belt, because that was the whole point, right? He was the he was the champion for such a long time, with the idea being that once he kind of got to a certain level that he didn't need it anymore, and he was there, he was about there that he would drop the belt to somebody else who could come in and it would be a big deal when they finally beat him. And then it would be a, um, and then that person would kind of get to build up because I do feel uh, that what we did with Dave kind of catapulted him out of like the mid card into the main event, you know, into main event status. And he's been there pretty much ever since. And so I kind of wish we would have given somebody the rub. Um, in fact, um, uh you know, that, that would have been cool. I would have liked to have done that. Um, I would have loved to see Here's the thing that's hard. It's been what, like 10 years since I last did, was like really active with the SWF. So I'm sure there were a bunch of matches that I would love to have booked that I never did, but there, uh, there are some things in the works. Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about my own, wrestling mortality even though i just started wrestling again in the last year and a half i don't know how much time i have at the age i am um but i've thought about doing one big kind of love letter to wrestling to sacramento i've been involved in the sacramento wrestling scene since 1997 uh in one form or another wrestling promoting helping other, sh other shows whatever i kind of think that the time is coming that it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, I mean, we're coming up, we're past 25 years have been involved in some way or another. So I would like to do one big kind of like last hurrah and just say, I've done everything I want to do and walk away. 
and that might be in the works. Stay tuned. Uh, list of dream opponents. I do have a list. I keep it to myself, but um, I can tell the person who is, who sent the message that they are on the list. You know, here's the thing. There, there's so being six foot seven on the indie scene, you're kind of a giant, right? And I don't get an opportunity very often at all to actually like to actually. Um, it's funny. I'm actually getting messages. Uh, anonymous messages as I'm doing this. Um, you don't get a lot of opportunity to work uh, guys who are bigger than you, at least I have. And so there's only so much you can do with some of these smaller guys um, just because like it doesn't make sense for them to like beat me up or like, you know what I mean? I can't give them a, a lot of stuff. I can't do a lot of like chain wrestling or, you know, like I have quite frankly kind of pulling, pulling the uh, the curtain back a little bit. In some of these shows, I, you know, I come away from the show and I didn't do much in the ring, which is fine. You know, I'm big. So it's like, I don't have to do much. The spectacle is I'm so much bigger than the other guy. Right. But at the same time, I kind of come away sometimes and go, guys, I can work <laughs> like I can chain wrestle. I have, I can take this stuff, but it's gotta be against somebody who's big enough that it makes sense that they can do that stuff. So like, uh, there's a couple of guys out there that are that are bigger guys that I would love to work like Luster, the legend. I would love to get in the ring with him. I would love to get in the ring with Paula Zadora. Who's like been the seven footer here for like 20 years. Uh, Alex Ace, which hopefully will be happening, you know, in the very near future. He's another, another seven footer that I'm looking forward uh, to. And there's a lot of guys on the indie scene, just friends of mine that I never got to work. One of the, a couple of the coolest things I got to do, is I got to, I've worked some of my best friends, right? Like I've worked Alexis Derevko, who is probably, if not the first, one of the first guys I ever met in wrestling. Um, I've gotten to meet, work, uh, you know, El Flaco Loco, who has been like a staple here. And it meant so much to me that he was willing to work with me. Um, everybody I've worked has been, has been great. I wish that Oliver John was still wrestling. I would love to work him. Um, and there's a bunch of guys that I haven't named yet. Dave Dutra, I would love to work Dave. Love to work Dave. Never got to do it. Would love to work Dave. But there's a big list of guys that I haven't named that are on there that I'm slowly crossing off. And uh, and I don't want to put all the names out there because I want it to be organic. I don't necessarily want everybody to be like, well, let's help Josh out. Because I know some guys do that, which I appreciate. Like, let's help Josh out and give him a match that I know he's going to really like. Um. So, you know, I want them to kind of happen organically. And then also when it's over, I'm just going to stop doing it. So, yeah, that's that. Okay. So, um, next question. Um, you're super genuine. I love that. Well, thank you. I, uh, I try to be um, all the time. I try to be as genuine as I possibly can. Uh, let's see. How old are you again? I am 42. Um, so there you go. And let's see. Okay. I just got a new one. Let's get together soon, please. Yeah. Um, 
same deal. Uh, I like hanging out with people, but time is limited. So um, hit me up. I'm sure we can go to dinner or do something. Um, all right. Is everything okay? Huh. That's such a big question. <laughs> uh, you know, there is, there is a lot about my life that is more than okay. There's a lot about my life that is really, really great. So I have a lot to be grateful for. I do. Um, honestly, there's so much I want to say about, uh, I know I sometimes allude to things that are going on in the background. So much I want to say about it, but it's just talking about it publicly would just cause more problems. So I don't. And so uh, I just uh, I just leave it inside, which, uh, quite frankly, it, sometimes it kills me inside, you know. Uh, and I and quite frankly, I hate it. I I hate that there are so many parts of my life that are so good, and then like there is a part that leaves me so hurt and depleted all the all the time. And, you know, it used, it used to at times, like, long time ago, I, you know, used to try at times to just say, like, it doesn't have to be good. If I can just get to content, right? If I can just fulfill my life with other things or that, the, you know, I can, you know, do, you know, do podcasts and, and become a wrestler again and, you know, just work, work a lot and, like, you know, uh, go on fun concerts and take my kids and do all this stuff that, that it could be fine. Why just blow up, you know, why just blow up one, blow it all up because of one area of my life. But, you know, it's just not, it's not possible and it's hard. And so uh, is everything okay? No, <laughs> no, it's not okay. And that's okay. Okay. Um, it doesn't always have to be okay, but there comes a point where emotionally you can't do it anymore. Morally, you're just exhausted. Spiritually, you feel dead. Uh, and it's like on the surface, everything seems fine, but inside it's just, it's different. And so people see the smile and they see all the good things, but they don't see the pain behind it. So, so yeah, you know, like, uh, if I'm being 100% honest, I'm I'm pretty broken. Uh, I am tired. But, you know, I put on my war face every day and I go to war. Because that's what we got to do. We just got to keep going. And sometimes it's just going to be like you're a robot, right? You're getting up. You're not feeling anything. And uh, it's just you get up and do it over and over again. And one day there will be peace. But maybe that's not today and that's okay. You just keep climbing. And so... I have, I have so much to be grateful for. I have so much to be grateful for. I am blessed beyond my measure. Certainly, I have been blessed more than I deserve by a long shot. But, you know, that's the thing. The, the, the interesting thing is, and I've been thinking about this a lot, especially this year, is I'm coming kind of towards the tail end of all of this 
this uh, just all this stuff, uh, this private stuff. Uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what God expects of us. You know, I have I have realized over the course of time um, that I think I have developed a feeling or an idea that I think a lot of religious people, particularly in high-demand religions, probably come up with. Uh, there's a scripture uh, in, uh, I think it's in the Doctrine and Covenants within Mormon scripture that says something along the lines, I used to be able to quote it perfectly, but it's been a while. It, it said, uh, there's a blessing irrevocably decreed in heaven upon which all blessings are pre predicated, and it's upon obedience to the law upon which all blessings are predicated. Which basically says that it, it means that if you're being blessed, you're being blessed because you're obeying God's law. So like I've kind of developed this idea that if things are going well, I must be doing things right. And if things are going poorly, I must be doing things wrong. But when you think about it compared to, say, the scriptures, when you're reading in like the Book of Mormon, when you see Lehi, who is, you know, by all means, he's a prophet and he's very well off. He's rich. He lives in Jerusalem. And God says, hey, Lehi, you've been successful. Um, I want you to leave all your all your stuff, and I want you to go into the wilderness and eat raw meat for a while with your family, and then build a boat and go to this country that's your promised land. But you don't know, you don't really know where that is. And by the way, you know, two of your four uh, sons uh, who, who grew up in Jerusalem, they're going to fall away, and they're going to make war with your other sons and try to kill them all the time. And that is going to be the story of your generate, you know, your your posterity. Uh, to then, uh, that doesn't necessarily seem like it was like this great thing, right? And the first few chapters of the Book of Mormon talks is Nephi talking about how he saw much adversity, but was also blessed. So when you really think about it, there is not necessarily always a connection between blessings and obedience or or the lack thereof. Sometimes bad things just happen. And there was nothing you could do about it. Choices were made, your choices, someone else's choices. They got free agency and they do things and they're horrendous things and they're terrible and they hurt you and they cause damage to you, your loved ones, to everyone around you. And there's nothing you could have done. And so sometimes God just puts bad things in our path for whatever reason to help us learn and grow and become the person that we want to be. Now, if you're in the midst of something, that might sound really terrible. And may and may ask make make you ask why? I know I have a thousand times, a thousand times. Why me? Why do I have to go with this? Like angry, you know. We we hear in the scriptures wrestling with God. Like I have had my wrestle a number of times, and I've just fallen on the idea of well, this is what you signed up for. This is what life is. It's to come here, experience the good and the bad. And when you think about some of these bad things that happen, why does it hurt so much? I was just talking to a, a, a somebody I know. Um, it was actually a client on a wrongful death case. They were talking about how much they hurt, that their loved one was dead. And I told him, I said, listen, here's the thing that I've learned. Think about why it hurts so much. Why does it hurt so much? It hurts so much because you loved them so much. 
you had an opportunity with this person who I didn't know, who I didn't meet. You got the opportunity to meet this person, learn of them, love them, love them unconditionally, have them love you. And now, and now they're gone and the hurt is there because you got to experience that. A lot of these things, the reasons why they hurt so much is because you had the opportunity to show and feel love towards somebody else or something or some passion that didn't work out. And in that way, in some twisted way, that makes life really, really beautiful. Like some of the hurt that I've had experienced has been because of the great love I've, I've given out uh, and not necessarily received in return. And uh, um, in that way, like the capacity for love grows. And it makes the next time when you're not having to deal with those things better. So uh, I'm trying very hard to be vague uh, and not uh, pull the curtain far too far back on the life of the uh, of Josh Edlow and the family. But you know, there there is a bright side to everything, including your pain. So if you're feeling it, just know that um, that the sun will shine again and it will make you a better person. At least that's what I hear. I don't know. What do I know? I'm just a I'm just an attorney wrestling podcaster who answered a bunch of anonymous questions and, uh, you know, uh, grateful for you, uh, you guys all. Following and listening, because um, I'm nobody special. I'm not a celebrity. Um, just a guy who has a lot of thoughts and has tried to th- think deeply on ways I can help people. And I hope that this podcast, not this one in particular, this is really me just kind of rambling and having a little fun. But I hope that you've you've been able to pick and choose some podcasts that I've done with different people and kind of tried to learn a little bit of something about humanity. Because I come away from each one of them learning so much about people and myself. So that's the whole point. I'm going to keep doing it. Um, you know, you can, uh, you can send me a line. Uh, you know, you can, you can hit me up on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm on TikTok, although I've kind of taken a little bit of a break from that. I'm on Twitter, but I don't use it very often or X or whatever it's called now. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, you can hit me up on any of those. You can send me an email. You can call me if you have my cell phone number shoot me a text uh, and you know, I'm sure you'll get through at some point, but uh, grateful for all of you. Grateful for my subscribers. If you're not a subscriber, you should start subscribing so that that way you can, um, you know, follow along. We got a lot more exciting people coming up as always been always working on a few kind of reaches. I've gotten some good responses. Um, gotten some good responses from some uh, some people that i would love to talk to we'll just see if it works out in the meantime uh, be good to each other and uh, we'll talk to you again soon